from the traditional and ancestral lands of the Wasanich people, bordering on the land of the Lekwungen people. I'm Michelle Seeley, and this is Amazing Places. Welcome to the Amazing Places podcast. And today I'm really happy to have Ryan Painter joining us. He is here as the executive director of charityworks.ca. So welcome, Ryan. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm great today. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good. It's so good to see you. I know. See totally. you and hear you and all these exciting things. Virtual yeah. world is, is an amazing thing. If we can't see in person because it's been so long for you and I, this is a great substitute. I totally agree. Thanks for having me. Very happy to have you. So can you tell us what is Charity Works? So Charity Works is a nonprofit. Uh, we operate primarily here in the city of Victoria, but we actually represent uh, charities and nonprofit organizations all the way from Victoria, all the way up to Tofino, Yuklulit, Nanaimo, yeah. and all parts in between. Our territory technically goes as far north as Bowser, but not including Bowser, and all the Gulf Islands as well. We cover the whole uh, kind of mid-South Island. And what we do is we support charities and nonprofits in accessing community gaming grants, which is a program that is operated by the province of BC, government of BC, through the gaming branch. And through this work that we do, we're actually able to help folks understand the gaming grant process, how best to apply, tips and tricks to how to make your application just, just perfect so that you're more likely to get a grant and answering some common questions. There are all kinds of questions that we get from folks about the challenges and complexities of this grant. It is one of the more kind of challenging grants to get to access and to apply for. So it's an important service that we provide. Okay. I recall sitting on parent advisory committees with various schools. That is how they apply every so often for the game uh, grants for every uh, year. Absolutely. Actually, pa uh, PACs and DPACs, for folks uh, who may or may not know, parent advisory councils or district parent advisory councils, right. they support the work of enhancing extracurricular opportunities and activities for K-12 students. Each PAC gets $20 per student, and that fund goes uh, right into the PAC's ability to kind of help support and augment those extracurricular activities for, for students, um, right. which are completely owned and, or, and operated and managed by the PAC. And that does come through the Community Gaming Grant Program, the same as, uh, um, as the rest of the other things that come through this program. Right. And I guess in case people aren't really super clear too, uh, where the funds come from the Community Gaming Branch, that's from BC Lottery Court. Is that yeah. proceeds from? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, it comes from commercial gaming revenue. That's why it's called a gaming grant. So when you participate in gaming in the province of BC, there are funds that are diverted from that, that go into helping community, going back into community, supporting community, augmenting different services. So $140 million actually is how much money is distributed a year through the community gaming grant program. $135 million is given directly to the community gaming grant program to deliver nonprofit programs and services. The other five actually goes to a capital project grant program to help not-for-profits with capital projects and acquisitions. So the, the big chunk is the community gaming grant program, which is my specialty. But I do help a bit with the capital uh, project stuff, but not as much because it's actually the capital project grant program is not as complex 
a program. It's actually a score-based uh, application, whereas the community gaming grant isn't scored necessarily, and it's also non-competitive. Right. Whereas the capital project grant is a competitive grant. So part of what Charity Works does then is you put on seminars or sessions or information, training, whatever the proper word is, uh, for these different other nonprofits so that they can learn how to apply for these gaming grants? Yeah, absolutely. So we we do our work in a number of ways. Uh, One is absolutely what you say. We put on uh, workshops. We used to do these workshops in person before COVID, but COVID (laughs) caused us, as it did with everybody, to go virtual. And in fact, it has been one of the things that has if I can say, improved our effectiveness, because instead of me going in person to Duncan or to Nanaimo, it actually forced us to go online and to innovate in this work and do these online webinars, virtual webinars, and has allowed us to reach out to a whole host of people. I mean, last year, I, uh, as an organization, I mean, which is just me, helped about 280 individual different applicants navigate the process. We held seven or eight webinars throughout the year, attended by, I think, over 150 different individuals from all different organizations up and down the island. So it's been, I will say for me and for our organization, going virtual has been really important to our ability to access folks who are all over. In fact, like the Arrington Volunteer Fire Department, I, I helped them as well, right? Like organizations <laughs> that you might not even think about going to were able right. to access uh, me through this program. And um, we were able to actually help them uh, gain uh, some funding uh, last year, which which is great. That is really great. That is the uh, silver lining, I suppose, or the, the one positive that we can take away um, from the pandemic that I found is that these virtual sessions that are available to people tend to make it more accessible for a lot more people that wouldn't be able necessarily to take time off work to attend a session or their organization can't fund them to go to a session. And yet when it's online, it's so much more accessible for a variety of people. It's so true. And not only that, I mean, you mentioned accessibility, uh, people who are mobility impaired, mobility challenged, people who are seniors and maybe have difficulties getting around accessing a vehicle now they don't have to they can just plug in online and connect with me through a webinar or so we're i'll get back we were talking about how i help so that's one way but the other way is i just schedule half an hour 45 minute one hour meetings face to face with different organizations and they'll bring a chair an executive director a treasurer or even the whole board and i'll go over the program and i'll help them understand the program and for new applicants of course it's an amazing opportunity for them. But even for renewing applicants or returning applicants, it's a great opportunity for them to kind of refresh themselves around the program because the program actually gets rewritten every year. The program guidelines get updated every year. And in fact, I just finished a process of working with my mothership organization, the BC Association of Charitable Gaming, of which I'm a board of director on. But we just finished liaising with Gaming Branch to update next year's guidelines. So what I did is I reached out through email. <laughs> um, that's one of the other things we do. We distribute about one or two emails a month to about six, 700 different 
emails and organizations. And I update them on what's happening, what's coming down, any new updates. And this was super helpful during COVID, of course. But I emailed them and I said, what's your biggest challenge with the gaming grant? What would you like to see updated next year to make how you engage with the grant better, to make the application process better? Is there anything the gaming guidelines can do to help? And I got just a, a ton of responses. Folks, uh, you know, the online process, make it more accessible, allow you to save your application online because you actually can't. Right now, the online application is you go in and you do it online, but it times out. Uh, and if it times out, you have to restart all over again. Oh, and, that must be so frustrating. <laughs> well, it is. And especially for, you know, those who are you know, perhaps not quite as technically savvy as us millennials might be, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is, it is the, one of the most common things that I run into is people say, you know, the online application process really needs to be more accessible, more user-friendly. And I do know that the gaming branch is looking at revamping it. Anyways, back right. to how we help. Yeah. We provide uh, one to two, sometimes three uh, e-newsletters a month on updates. I will provide FAQs, tips and tricks. Um, I will highlight different local organizations that are doing really good work that I wanted to highlight. So for example, I think it was back in February or March, um, I can't recall because my memory has already gone, was the Greater Victoria Black History Awareness Society. I highlighted them for Black History Month. I highlighted their work uh, because the Lieutenant Governor of BC had honored them uh, and I wanted to give them that platform of my newsletter to represent them uh, to our community because they do amazing work. So that's something that we do. The other thing that we do, as I mentioned, I'm on the board of the BC Association of Charitable Gaming. And through that board, we advocate to the province, we advocate to the minister, um, Nathan Cullen, Municipal Affairs and Housing, for different things that, that the grant needs. The, the grant itself has not had an increase since 2012. Uh, it has been $140 million annually since 2012. So uh, as you can imagine, inflation, cost of living, lots of things have changed since 2012. So one of the things we do is we advocate for our members um, all across the province. That seems an awfully long time. Ten it's a years. long time, Michelle. No it's a long time. Yeah. Well, everything else is going up. <laughs> it's a long time. So when are your next sessions that uh, organizations can or individuals can participate in? Absolutely. So I'm actually really proud. One of the best partnerships that we've established is with MLA Doug Routley's office, who's the MLA for Nanaimo North Cowichan. They have okay. allowed us through their community office to host uh, webinars. So we have our next webinar hosted by uh, MLA Routley coming up on July 26th at okay. 2 p.m. And that's not just for his constituents, although it certainly is going out kind of with a focus on the Nanaimo North Cowichan region. After that, we have another gaming grant webinar just hosted by me coming up on August 16th at 2 p.m. Following that, September 6th, and then September 27th, and then October 18th. And we'll likely have one more in November, but I haven't cast that forward uh, far forward yet. I do like to do them roughly every three weeks once we kind of hit midsummer because it allows folks who are on vacation or who are working to kind of come in and typically in these webinars, you get anywhere from 15 to 30 to 40 people attending. And it's an opportunity to go through my presentation with them and ask all kinds of questions. And the questions are always different. Sometimes I don't always have an answer, but one of the benefits is that I do liaise frequently 
with the gaming branch, developed a really good relationship with them, and I can go there and get answers to their questions if they need them. Ah, so the liaison aspect would be really helpful yeah, for definitely. organizations. So how much, you said the gaming branch distributes $140 million each year, is that correct? Yeah, okay. so $140 million from commercial gaming revenue comes so, uh, entirely uh, from, from the province of BC. The 135 goes to the community gaming grant program right. itself, and then five to the capital project grant. So what is actually funded out of that? 135 million that goes to the gaming group. What actually is funded through that? That's a great, great question. So within the funding envelope, there are actually really six sectors that receive funding. So we talked about PACs and dis and uh, district PACs. So that's one right. sector. The other five are arts and culture. So things like providing public access to or um, preservation of arts, heritage, and cultures, like performing arts education or performances, music education, art galleries, festivals, things like that. Sport is an, uh, another sector, so community-based or amateur programs for organized or competitive physical activity. So things like youth or adult sports leagues, again, community-based or amateur. Special Olympics, seniors games, things like that. They are able to, to apply and receive funding. Environment is another one. So programs that revitalize, protect, and provide education on ecosystem management and the environment. So conservation, stewardship, invasive species management, public education, uh, climate change adaptation, things like that. So on that particularly, I want to give a shout out to the Swan Lake Nature Center because they do use community gaming grant funding for, for their work up uh -huh. there. And I've worked with their um, CEO, uh, who is a fantastic person to work with and engage with. And they do amazing work up there. I have been invited to tour up there on at least one or two occasions. And I keep meaning to go up and tour the grounds. I believe it or not, I've been a resident on the South Island here for seven years, and I've not gone <laughs> off to the Swan Lake Nature Conservancy. I, I know, I know, I need to oh, go. Oh, Ryan, that's go. almost something, you know, maybe we should cut out, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wrap up the sectors. I know we got to get up there, Michelle. Maybe we'll get up there at some point in the near future. So public safety is another one. So programs that enhance or support public safety initiatives. Volunteer firefighting is a big one. Search and rescue. Things like uh, emergency radio management. Even things like outdoor recreation, biking, hills, trail maintenance. That's considered a public safety. And so they can apply for community gaming grants. Disaster relief, emergency preparedness, things like that. And then the biggest sector is the human and social services sector. And that program contributes funding for, for things that improve or help the quality of life in a community or in different groups, things like childcare services for people with disabilities, uh, mental health counseling, education, outreach, uh, community building, seniors activities, and, and service clubs. So service clubs also get support, things like Elks, Rotary, things like that. And the really interesting thing about the service clubs is they actually have a community contribution fund within the service club model under the gaming grant where they can provide funding to groups or individuals who are in an immediate need. Only service clubs can do this and they can apply for community gaming grant funding to receive that money. Right. That is an extensive and very comprehensive <laughs> list of, of the five sectors as well as all the possibilities within it. It's a lot. And can I say, can I say one more thing? 
And this is really important for your listeners who may be themselves operating a non for profit and might feel that this is an interesting opportunity for them. The community gaming grant is a non-competitive grant process. If you are eligible, you will receive funding, period. Over 90% of applicants receive a grant and your average grant amount is $25,000. That's a lot for a nonprofit, especially in COVID times who are out there trying to make a go of it. $25,000 can be a lot. Now, funding levels are not guaranteed, of course. And a lot of folks ask me, Ryan, how much can I get? I mean, it's all based on an organization's expenses and how much their operating expenses are. And they can ask for a certain percentage of that amount. That kind of financial stuff gets pretty dry for a podcast, so we won't get too much into that. But what I will say is that working with me and with our organization can really help fine-tune an application to make sure that your likelihood of being able to receive that grant is elevated. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm just, um, I'm still amazed at all <laughs> the things that, that could qualify. That is, yeah. that is wonderful. That's really yeah. wonderful. Now, is Charity Works the only um, organization that can provide this? Going by where you operate, there's a lot of the rest of the province. So how is yeah. that covered? Yeah, great question. So we have something called the Comox Valley Charitable Gaming Association or Valley Charitable Gaming Society. They operate the rest of the island. So from Bowser North, so that whole area, Vancouver themselves are serviced by the BC Association of Charitable Gaming, which is what I call our mothership organization. There's the Chilliwack Fraser Valley Charitable Gaming Association, the Kelowna Central Okanagan Charitable Gaming Association, the Prince George Northern Interior Charitable Gaming Association, and the Dawson Creek Northern Lights Charitable Gaming Association. So we've got Dawson Creek in the north, Prince George in the interior, Kelowna and the Okanagan, Chilliwack in the Fraser Valley, Vancouver, and then Vancouver Island's kind of split into two. So we have seven organizations. We are all called Community Charitable Gaming Associations that help nonprofits in the province of BC navigate this this grant process. So basically, wherever you live in in the province, you are covered. And where would Haida Gwaii come under? Haida Gwaii would likely come under the Dawson Creek Northern Lights, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking that's where they would fall. But certainly everybody's covered as long as you're in the province and it's for something in the province. That's wow. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) So my burning question, because I am so interested in this for some of the charities that I volunteer with, is there a cost or what is the cost for individuals or organizations sign up with you? That's a really good question, Michelle. You're just, you're, you're, you're burning up the good questions here and I, and I appreciate that. You can become a member of Charity Works for the low, low price of free. <laughs> uh, I, this service that, I, you see, I, I got you there. Uh, you did. This, this service is provided free of charge and it is provided that way because the province of BC actually funds me to do this work. So the great thing about this is all charitable gaming associations, we apply for community gaming grant funding to do this work. So they give us funding. We go through the application process ourselves. So we're constantly engaged with the process. You're not Mm -hmm. talking to someone who has no idea what the process is like. I do this process every year. I submit a, a summary report every single year of my gaming activity and fund disbursements. So I know exactly what it takes to fill in this application and to make it successful. I also know the pinch points. 
So yeah, it, it, it is an absolutely free uh, to sign up. To do it, you can just go to our website, charityworks.ca. There is a become a member link on the top of our website where you can sign up to become a member. And let me tell you the benefits. Free one-on-one -on -one support, access to 24-7 email support, monthly newsletters, executive mem exclusive member-only webinars with representatives of the gaming branch. Yeah, sometimes if we're lucky, I will be able to put on a webinar with a representative from the gaming branch who is actually there to answer questions. Access to member-only webinars and forums with a gaming brand expert like myself, and then support for your applications and financial documents. I mean, this is provided for the community completely free. Uh, so all you have to do is just sign up, just first name, last name, email. I think I have some other questions uh, like your organization name and your position and other things like that, but I am really happy to be able to do this work thanks to the province of BC and to provide the support free of charge. That is amazing. This is very appropriate for an Amazing Places podcast because this program is amazing in itself. Okay, so I'm just quickly checking my calendar. So uh, do you have space for me for the 26th of July? <laughs> Absolutely. The space Perfect. is unlimited. There is no uh, oh, maximum of number of people who can register. So if you come on the 26th, you will see myself. Maybe Emily Routley will be there if he's able to. If not, one of his staff will be there. You'll get the full meal deal of a presentation, and then you'll have an opportunity to ask questions and follow up after that. Wonderful. I'm just going to repeat those dates. So the 26th of July, the 16th of August, the 6th and the 27th of September, and the 18th of October. That's correct. CharityWorks.ca. And thank you so much, Ryan. This is a huge amount of information. I'm going to go off and register right now at on your website. Yeah, and if I can just give one more piece of information, oh, if folks want more uh, info, not just about Charity Works, but also on the Community Gaming Grant um, process and all of this stuff that's involved with that, you can go to gov.bc.ca forward slash gaming grants. So that's gov.bc.ca forward slash gaming grants. There's lots of information there, including the program guide. As well, the gaming branch has an email address, communitygaminggrants at gov.bc.ca. And they have a phone number where they have one uh, agent a day on the phone answering questions. So if for whatever reason you can't get to me, you can call 250-356-1019. And you can access an agent uh, on, on the phone, in person, an actual person who can help you. <laughs> I know it's, it's a wild thing to think that you could call a government line and get an actual person. But you call that line, you will get an actual person who can help you out. Especially nowadays, that's very unusual. Very and we true. will, uh, those listeners that uh, are interested further, we will put all that information in the uh, text attached to the podcast so that you can easily refer to it. Yeah, thanks so much, Michelle. It was a real, real pleasure to give folks the information about this uh, really important resource for nonprofits. Absolutely important. And, you know, again, and it's helping community too, which is one of my touch points. So I'm super <laughs> happy to have you on. And thank you so much for all this information, Ryan. Thanks, Michelle. It was a real pleasure. We'll talk to you again sometime. Definitely soon. See you later. Bye. Bye.
This has been another episode of Amazing Places. With gratitude for our guests and listeners, I'm Michelle Seeley. Thanks for listening.